And folks, this segment of this show is brought to you by TaylorMade and the TaylorMade TP5 and TP5X golf balls played by Ricky Fowler, John Rom, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, and Jason Day. It's the hottest tour ball in golf. Now, you know those names, but thousands of other golfers have already made the switch to TaylorMade TP5 and TP5X, and now it's available in high-visibility yellow. Are you the next to make the switch? Check it out online by going to TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information. All right, now back with me is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patcher. You can visit him and improve your game at his indoor facility, which has all the latest gadgets and technology at his home down in Naples, Florida. TP is teaching this summer in what seems to be a continual loop from Carmel, Indiana, to the east end of Long Island, back to Chicago, and then down to Indiana again. So if you're on one of the major interstates along that route and you see a white Chevy Silverado, wave Tom down and get him to pull over at the nearest rest stop. Tom can get out and help improve your game right there. But if you see that Silverado and Tom's asleep at the rest stop, let TP sleep. The guy needs some rest. You can download the V1 video app and send him videos of your golf swing, and he can help respond to you and give you all kinds of great content about how you can get get your swing back on track. Or you can send him a question via his website, TomPatrick.com. You can also subscribe to his newsletter when you're on his website. Tom is also a member of the Titleist Leadership Advisory Board. He's a two-time first-team All-American at Florida Southern, and he won the Division II National Championship back in 1981. He was inducted into their Sports Hall of Fame in 2004. He's got his own show now on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time over on Instagram Live with a lot of really great guests. And I'm very honored he is back again with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, TP, how are you, my friend? Chrissy boy! <laughs> I love that. How are you, TP? I'm tired, pal. I'm a little tired and a little sleepy. No oh, doubt. Okay, I got, I, I got 20 solid minutes to be here. Let's go at it. <laughs> so, for all of our listeners that want to catch up with you, it's kind of like a Where's Waldo? Where's TP? Where are you, TP? I am currently, my friend, in Carmel, Indiana. I am sitting in that beautiful Chevy Silverado, otherwise known as my home on wheels, at the Prairie View Golf Club. And just get finished with a full day of instruction, and I am starving. But go ahead. Let's talk. (laughs) All right. So I want to start by getting your thoughts on the PGA Championship. Pretty exciting final round. What would you think? Wow, so I was driving from, um, what was I driving from? I was driving from Chicago Golf Club, which I had a, uh, by the way, Chris, had a blast. I spent two days there last week with a friend of mine just playing some golf. What a unbelievable track that is. As anybody out there knows who's golf history savvy, it's the, it's one of the five founding clubs of the USGA, uh, hosted the US Women's Senior Open not too long ago. It was hosted, uh, uh, a Walker Cup match, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful golf course and just had a lot of fun. Anyway, Driving back from there on Sunday back to Carmel to start my week and had serious XM on listening to the uh, PGA and got back here in time to turn on the TV for the last four or five holes. Wow. I mean, what a, what a log jam on that back nine coming down the stretch on Sunday. And then Colin Morikawa just kind of, kind of breaks it wide open um, by doing a couple of incredible things that the kid is just sensational. I mean, just a beautiful golf thing and, and so in control of himself at his age. Uh, I was really, really impressed with him. I mean, really impressed. So, and, and we've been talking about the young guns since they kind of sort of burst on the scene uh, about a year ago. Morikawa, 
you know, Matt Wolf, Victor Hovland, those guys have, have, have sort of taken the tour by storm. But, you know, talk about Morikawa and the moxie that that kid had to step up on the 16th tee, pull driver when he had a stroke lead and put that ball on the, you know, drive the green, make the eagle and all that sort of stuff. Talk about the nerve that that took. You know, really interesting that, you know, I, I read a piece by him that he, he had decided during the practice rounds he wasn't going to hit driver on that hole and didn't the first three rounds and then made the decision on the fly on Sunday, you know what, it's time. Let me just step on the gas here and see what I can do. And obviously come up with that golf swing at that time, hit that golf ball and there's seven or eight feet in the hole and then just knock that putt in dead center. I mean, I don't think people really understand you know, I mean, we've all played in our club championship or, you know, in our member guests or whatever we played in and how nervous we are on the first tee as, as recreational players. But to stand up in a major and pipe that thing, you know, you know, 290 or 305 at order is right down the pipe and roll it up on the green and hold the putt like that. I mean, that's, that's not a, that's not a young 20 year old. That's a, that's a veteran making a golf swing. You know, we can put that in the category of Moxie of Arnold Palmer or Sevi Ballesteros, whoever you want to, you know, whoever you want to draw on. But that was really, really impressive. And I, I have another word I'd use, but I'm not going to use it on the air. But it was, it was big time. <laughs> was big time. So we've seen him win now, right, a couple of times here recently. Won at Jack's Place a few weeks back, and now he gets his first major and you know, and, and people are, I'm sure are going to be in a rush to talk about, you know, he's the greatest this or the, you know, the next that and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, TP, when you look ahead, cause we still have in, in this crazy year, we still have two majors to go and the, and the playoffs start, you know, next week and all that sort of stuff. But in your mind, is, is this kid suddenly the guy to beat? You know, we got, we got to be careful because obviously, you know, we, we, we did that with a guy named Eddie Pierce years ago. We did that with a guy named Hal Sutton. Uh, we've done that with a lot of people through the years, you know. Um, and if you got, if you, if you rolled the clock back just a couple of years ago after Justin Rose won at Marion, you would have thought that, you know, the gate's wide open. Here comes the floodwaters. Um, it's a funny game, man. It's, it's a deep field out there. You know, unlike when I played a little competitive golf back in, you know, in, in, in the eighties, uh, and I'm sure more kind of can speak to this when you have them on later on. I mean, the, the field is so deep now and so talented. You know, does Matt Wolf get on a roll next? Does Sunjay M get on a roll next? Does, does Havlin get on a roll next? Does, does, does Justin Rose find his form again? We can go down the list and go on forever. Um, this kid is certainly very talented, and he's certainly he's won three events now in, in a little under under a year and a half. So clearly the indicator is that he's got a lot of game. But I, I always caution people to just, you know, Let's just let this play out a little bit. Uh, he's got a beautiful golf swing mechanically. He's obviously very, very mature and very, very well spoken. Very bright young man. But you know, let's let's just uh, let's just take this one step at a time. Now, sort of in that same vein, TP. If you were his coach, how do you keep him grounded and not sort of getting ahead of himself, thinking about you know whether it's the the rest of this season or what could be next or where I could be and all that sort of stuff. How do you keep him sort of centered and focused on what on the task at hand, the tournament at hand? Now, obviously, Chris, I I don't know this kid and I don't know his coach and I just just what I've read and watched, just like everybody else. But I think if you know we're looking at him from a distance as a golf professional, as a teacher, as a coach. Uh, all my indicators are is you don't have to keep him grounded. He seems very, very grounded. He, 
you know, anytime I've heard him speak or do an interview, uh, he, he is certainly very, very humble and, and very appreciative of everything that's happened to him. So I think if you look at him and somebody said, what's his greatest attribute? I think it's him. I think it's the person. He, he seems like he's very centered and very grounded. Uh, but I, I would, as his coach, I think Rick's done a great job with him. I would certainly, you know, just, 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 you know, let's pump the brakes a couple of times and let's take this one step at a time. We've done some great things. We've got some great experiences to draw from now. Let's just, let's just stay on, on the, on the path and just be, be real cool about this. And Tom, one of the impressive things about his performance was his average driving distance for the week. And I'm going to use the word only, which just sounds kind of crazy, but was only 290 yards. When you compare that to, Someone like Bryson DeChambeau, who had a share of the lead at one point on the back nine, his driving distance was 318 yards. And I know you struggle with math. That's that's 28-yard difference between the two of those guys. So is there hope for the guys that, that aren't the bombers that are averaging it, like, you know, DeChambeau and, and Rory? Does this kind of give the rest of the field a little bit of hope? Well, if, if you, if you uh, had that magic genie lantern, that you have, Chris, and you're so talented with. And you said to me, "Do I want Bryson's game or do I want Collins' game?" I'm going to take Collins' game. How's that? I, uh, mm. I'm not a, a big Bryson DeChambeau fan. <laughs> I, I think that, um, I, I think that, you know, if you look at that wedge game and the shot hits around the putting surfaces and the bunker play and the pitching, you know, I, I think the one lift, I think the one lift club thing has a lot of merit, except, except in wedges. I think until he makes a change in his wedge game and in his wedge equipment, I think the shots that he has to hit are really, you know, to take advantage of driving the ball down there, you know, anywhere from 300 to 340, 50 yards at times and have nothing left to a green and, and not be able to be a little more dominant than he is, is, is a question mark. So I, I think that if you gave, let me put it if you gave Grayson the Shambo, Colin Morikawa's wedge game, I think it's a game set match. You know, I think it's over. But I think with those fat grips and 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 a, a pitching wedge just the length of a six iron or a gap wedge just the length of a six iron or a sand wedge just the length of a six iron, it's really tough, man. Really tough. I don't think you can capitalize on what you've been able to do off the tee, and I think he's already proven that. Uh, he really struggles with those shots, so I think he's got to revisit that part of his game. So to, to that NTP, and I think we talked about this either the last time you were on the show or, or maybe the time before that. But, you know, Bryson at times, like we've seen him hit a 428-yard drive, you know, where he's only a lob wedge away from, you know, the green, maybe, you know, 30, 40 yards off the green. Sometimes that feels like maybe you're almost in no man's land, right? you got to hit that little soft shot to your point with a six-iron, you know, length shaft. That seems like maybe that's a mistake because I, I I believe you told me if I have that shot I've made a mistake. So is that where he's at? Yeah, I think he is, Chris. I think it's a great point. I think that you know not only the length of the shaft with those short shots, but it's well documented how thick those grips are and how big those grips are in your hands. I, I heard a, I heard a piece earlier today coming to work this morning. Justin Leonard was on uh, Sirius at PGA Tour Radio and. He was talking to the exact same point about the, the combination of the length of the golf club with wedges and the fat grips that, you know, and, and by the way, Justin Leonard had a hell of a short game. 
He said he, he said he could not possibly hit a shot inside 100 yards with one of those clubs with any confidence. So that's a pretty big statement by a pretty fine short game player. And I think you've heard somebody in the past say to you, short game, short game, short game. <laughs> well, Bryson, I'm going to give you an A for the long game, and I'm going to give you a B minus for the short game. So, dude, wake up and make a change. So on the on the flip side, if you want to get your thoughts on what we saw from Jordan Spieth, because as I watched him over the weekend, Saturday he looked like a golfer who was completely lost. He shot 76, and then went to the went to the practice tee and just seemed like a kid who who was just just lost his game. Now he came back to his credit on Sunday, shot 67, had a, had a pretty good final round. But I want to get your thoughts on what you're seeing from him. You know, Chris, I. I I gotta tell you, I was I was at Augusta in two fifteen when he won his, his his first major, the Masters, and and I followed him. Uh, Denise and I walked walked with that group exclusively on Saturday and Sunday, and you know it was it was kind of magic watching this kid play and control his golf ball, and and certainly has incredible short game skills. Again, great wedge player at that point in time, part of the ball like you know like Jesus, and just unbelievable and. It doesn't even look like a shadow of the same player right now. Um, not even a shadow. I mean, he looks really, really lost out there, um, to, to put it mildly. Uh, and, and I'm not here to criticize coaches or players, but, but, you know, that's what we're kind of talking about. I mean, I think, I think he needs to push, push the restart button really quickly. I mean, I think he needs to kind of step back and look at what's been going on. And, and obviously whatever he's working on is not working. <laughs> and, and I think part of it right now, and, you know, body. I'm a big guy looking at body language and looking at attitude. There's a lot of whining going on. There's a lot of, you know, oh, poor me going on. And, and you know what? You you have that kind of attitude on the PGA Tour, and you're going to get run over like a freight train from behind. You know, there's nobody really else really, you know, going to put their arm around your shoulder and tell you everything's okay because it's not okay. So I think the attitude has to change. I think the body language has to get, you know, beefed up a little bit. And I think He's got to really look hard at what he's doing mechanically and, and realize, guess what, it's just not working right now. It's, and you got, he's got to make a change. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, anybody gets divorced from anybody, but it's not working. And, and it's not working to this degree when you have that much talent, and clearly this kid has a ton of talent, it, it's time to reexamine what the game plan is. How do you restart, though, TP? I mean, he and, he and Cameron McCormick have been working together since he was a kid. Um, when you hit the reset button, what what does that mean? If you if you were coming into that situation, how do you help him get back on track? Well, I I, I think I, you know, and I'm not here to discuss this because I don't want to I don't want to get blasted like I will. But I think there are a couple major mechanical issues there that are not really hard to fix. Chris, I really don't think that I've looked at a lot of film with him, and I, and I really think that there's a couple of things I don't there's a couple of things that are glaring to me. That are not really uh, what I would call major undertakings, but they are really hurting him, I think. And I think if they're addressed by somebody with maybe a little different set of eyes and they're pointed out to him, I think the kid with his athletic ability and his golf skill could make these changes and make these fixes relatively quickly. Um, and I don't understand, looking at this film, why these few things that are really, to me, and I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of school here, very obvious why they haven't been addressed. And, you know, I watched another player, and I'm not going to name his names, go through this in the, in the 
late 90s with a coach who was a good friend of mine, and the player was very, very um, stubborn, is a good word, and he didn't want to hear it, and the coach was being paid a lot of money, so he kind of kept his mouth shut to keep his paycheck coming, and you know what? I got to tell you, at some point, you got to pull the ripcord and say, you know what? You got to open your mouth. You got to open your mouth, and maybe the guy goes away, but you got to open your mouth, and I don't think I don't think that they're having a very frank discussion that they need to have right now. So, Tom, I, I guess when when I think about it, right? I mean, it's it's been you know three years since we've seen yeah. Jordan yeah. win. I mean, is there a point in time when you start to fall out of you know you're you're no longer a part of the scene, and now the confidence is is shot, and now you you know it, it sort of spirals out of control. At what point do you think that ripcord has to be pulled? We're at that point, Chris. We're I think I think you've seen this kid really really suffer and really go through some very frustrating periods that have almost been continual now for at least the last eighteen to twenty four months. I, I I would have pulled that cord a long time ago. If, I, if I'm on a parachute, I'm getting pretty close to the ground right now. <laughs> yeah. I got I to pull the, I got to pull the cord because this is this is certainly spiraling right now. I mean, this kid is really talented. I mean, really talented. And and I, again, I I don't want to get into it really mechanically, but I think there's some really simple things that can be changed there to put him right back on the tracks again. So Tom, switching gears, I wanna I wanna get a playing lesson from you. And 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 speaking of you know golf swings and getting things right. I want to talk about how, how we can tell in our takeaway and our position of our hands at the top of our swing. How can we tell if we are where we need to be so that we are not either pull hooking it or we're slicing it and that sort of thing? Is there something we can do in our takeaway and checking in our, if we did a slow motion of our backswing and see ourselves at the top? where we should be so we know we're in the right spot so we're not going to be spraying the ball all over the golf course. Yeah, I love the, I love the question, Chris. I think it's, you know, one of my favorite features when the teacher isn't around is something that you probably have in your home right now is a, is a thing called a full-length mirror. you have one of those? I do. Good. So you've you're, you're got, you got the coach when the coach isn't there. So there's two really key checkpoints that I work on a lot with my guys. You know, and let's and let's let's just say this because before I give you the two quick key checkpoints, we've seen some pretty funny backswings produce some pretty good results. And we can think about Jim Furyk, we can think about Raymond Floyd, we can think about Chichi Rodriguez, we can think about Jack Nicholas's flying right elbow, we can talk about Bobby Jones crossing the line, we can go on and on and backswings that weren't quote unquote conventional. But let's understand, those people are more talented than your average bear, so we're going to give them a pass. But for the average guy. The two things I look at, or gal, I look at all the time, is when the club shaft gets parallel to the ground, okay? We call that position two. Position one being addressed, P2 being once it gets parallel to the ground. If you were standing with the full-length mirror behind you in the down-the-line view, I would want to see the club right in your hand line. It was parallel to your hands and parallel to the target line on the ground, checkpoint number one. And at the top of your backswing, I'd like your left arm to bisect your right shoulder. So your left arm is across your chest, bisecting your right shoulder, and the club shaft be pretty much right down the target line again. So the club shaft at P2 and the club shaft at top of your back swing, which is P4, would be in fact parallel to the target line. 
If you can do those two things and hit those two marks, I think you got a hell of a chance. Tom, before I let you go, I want to talk about, um, as I mentioned in your intro, if we, if we can't corral Tom Patry on the on the interstate wherever you may be traveling, we do have the opportunity to send you a video of our golf swing utilizing the V1 app. Talk about how we how anybody anywhere can reach you to get some pointers using that application. You know, Chris, if you had told me 20 years ago that I'd have 150 students that I've never met in my life and probably will never meet, whether they're in San Diego, whether they're in Tokyo, Japan. London, England, Marbella, Spain, and we can go on and on. They're sending me video and and paying using Venmo or PayPal and sending me video and taking you know, regular golf lessons from me online with a with an app you know an app on a phone or an iPad. I would have thought we were talking about the Jetsons or something like that, you know. Um, but that's what's going on. And all my college players, all my high school players, junior players, and all my better amateurs, and as well as my recreational players now, have that app on their phone, the V1 app. Uh, it, it's, you know, you get it right at the app store, and you can go on there and just watch the, uh, follow the prompts. It's really, really easy to use, yet extremely. So I can send you back a complete analysis with full audio, full video, graphics, drop-in drills. I filmed over 450 drills in a TV studio that I have loaded, so there's not much I can't cover. I can do side-by-side comparisons. I can do overlays. The application is really, really powerful. And it's just like, Chris, you and I are standing together on a lesson tee discussing your golf swing. Um, and now I've even gone into situations where for an upcharge, people can then book two Skype situations a month where they can get on Skype with me or, you know, or FaceTime with me for an hour at a time, and we can discuss what we've done that month you know, face-to-face live, reviewing the videos and doing some consultation that way too. So it's it's really cool and it's it's really powerful and it's really easy to use. And uh, and if you're not doing it, you're really missing the boat because it's 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 got to be part of your toolbox. And Tom, you've also built a heck of a studio in your winter home down in Naples, Florida. Talk about that and how people can arrange a lesson uh, with you uh, when it starts to get a little cooler outside and you start heading back home. Yeah, I mean, Chris, it's really been, you know, it all came about by accident because of COVID. You know, I mean, when COVID hit and and a lot of places were shut down and people were really apprehensive, uh, I created a situation in, in at my home where it's, you know, very safe social distancing. I can sit at the back of the studio, you know, a good 12 or 14 feet from you, and I've got V1 video hooked up in there. i got a big flat screen TV. I've got body track force plates on the ground. And I've got crack hands set up, and it all is projected onto a huge flat screen behind me. And we can do things right with our graphics and our numbers and our film right there. Uh, and you never move off, off off the platform that you're hitting from. Um, it's it's really wonderful. And I and I I was not really sure people would embrace it, but everybody's been in the studio and seen the technology and worked with the technology has really loved it. And I never pictured myself ever being in that environment as a teacher. But I really enjoyed it myself. I mean, the technology is fantastic. The feedback is is crystal clear, and you can really leave there having taken a really good lesson and understanding exactly what you need to do in your golf swing. Tom, you're also an ambassador now for the Dormy Network. For those folks who haven't tuned in over the last few weeks and heard you talk about that, let them know what that's all about. Yeah, the Dormy Network, Chris, is a collection of six high-end destination clubs that you can join. As a network, you can join for one price and be a member in six places. And 
you know, if you want to play in these next six golf vacations, you can't go any do any better than these six places. Um, they're fantastic. Hidden Creek in New Jersey, uh, um, uh, Ballyhack in, in Virginia, uh, the Dormy Club in Pinehurst, North Carolina, which is going through a beautiful facelift right now. Uh, Arbalance out in Nebraska. Briggs Ranch is in San Antonio, and then Victoria National in Evansville, Indiana, which is the home of the Corn Ferry Finals. I mean, these six places are really, really high end, high end food and beverage, high end service. Within a year, they're all going to have places to stay on property as destinations. It's really cool. And as an ambassador, uh, I can take you to any of those any of those places and work with you and give you a preview of what you want to see and, and make it, let you make a decision about, you know, is this is this something I want to be a part of? It is really good. I'm actually heading from Carmel to back to Hidden Creek next week. Uh, I'm already sold out there next week, and I'm back there in September with a couple. I think a couple of dates still open there. Um, so if anybody's listening wants to check out Hidden Creek, which is a core Crenshaw golf course, which is fantastic, um, it's really worth looking into. And, Tom, one more before I let you go, but you've got uh, your own show now, Thursday night, 8 o'clock, over on Instagram Live. Let our yeah, listeners know about that, that who you've got I coming want, up. I, I, want to, I want to talk to you. I, I had a guy on recently who was up in North Georgia in the mountains somewhere, and he's, he's supposed to be one of my guests. <laughs> and and, and I, his name was Chris Mascaro. And, and, you know, I've always made sure when I was on his show that I was someplace where the connection was good and it could get to me. Here we go. This guy Mascaro came, came on my show and all of a sudden, you know, he's crackling and, and, and breaking up and he, he, I lose him and he's back and then he's gone and all of a sudden the screen goes blank and it was, it was unbelievable. I just gotta, I guess I gotta pick my guests more carefully. But yeah. Well, I, I think I'm you gotta find a better platform. That's that's what I got to say. I saw some struggles last week on Thursday, so uh, easy there, TP. Last week it was it was called it was called social media incompetence. That's a different situation. <laughs> so and, that, that, and let's not let's not hang let's not hang Coach Jay right after at the at the at the lunch in that one. But anyway, on Thursday <laughs> nights at eight o'clock, and we're gonna have you we're gonna give you a second chance, Chris. We're gonna we're gonna be fair to you. We're gonna give you a second chance. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I love you, Kyle. You know that. Thursday night, 8 o'clock, TP Golf Instagram Live. Uh, we've had Jimmy Roberts from NBC Sports on Damon Hack from the Golf Channel, Coach Jay Wright of Villanova Basketball. We've got Dave Moore, the president and CEO of Titleist Golf Company. We've got Billy Harmon this week, the great Billy Harmon this week on Thursday night. Uh, so we've got some cool people coming up, and it's uh, it's been really, really well received. And uh, I promise... I want to have Christmas Carroll back on. He's a handsome lad. We want to get him on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the second chance, TP. You're all hard, my friend. I know I am. Snow to the Eskimos, my man. Snow to the Eskimos. <laughs> all right, TP. Take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Hey, Chris, say hi to Allison for me and certainly Mark, too. They're two wonderful guests tonight. You're the very best in the world. Thanks, pal. I appreciate you, my friend. That's a great Tom Patry, folks. TomPatry.com is the website. P-A-T-R-I. So TomPatry.com is his website. You can follow him on Instagram and on Twitter at TomPatry. You know how much I love TP, and he's fantastic, and the lessons are great, and the insights are even better. So uh, Tom, is, as you guys know, joins me every other week. So I look forward to catching up with uh, TP two weeks from tonight. 